You're listening to Rosie on the House. Arizona. We're going to the back 40 today. It's the first Saturday of the month. Uh, so we're talking farm fresh and we've got Julie Murphy with the Arizona Farm Bureau in as always to join us. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. So glad to be here. It's a beautiful day. It's the first Saturday in December. So it's the courthouse lighting at Prescott. We've also got the uh, Christmas parade starting at one o'clock and we try and match something that is being produced locally in Arizona according to the time of year so that you in the listening audience, you know, when you're out shopping today, whether you're buying lettuce or you're buying citrus you you're connecting that local arizona brand and you know that the products you're purchasing came locally from the state and you brought uh, somebody in from chino valley and camp verde multi location operation to join us because the fact of the matter is it if you follow on our home maintenance calendar it says fruitcake we can't talk about fruitcakes <laughs> for an hour <laughs> no <laughs> but the gentleman that's going to be with us and i'm going to introduce him now tim peterson he raises grass, raised beef, and um, Tim is also our vice president for Yavapai County Farm Bureau. So he's in a leadership role with our Farm Bureau family. And I wanted Tim to come on because he has an amazing story. Hello. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Julie. How you doing? I'm doing great. We'll launch right into this, and we wanted to hear your story. You're actually a first-generation rancher. Your previous business endeavor was commercial real estate, but it kind of inspired you. Sure. Uh, well, I, I started out in, uh, you know, I grew up in Arizona, and I was in the real estate appraisal business uh, for almost two decades. And, uh, and then I was uh, in, in the commercial uh, land development, uh, you know, housing mostly, residential business. Um, Although I, I, I grew up in a fairly rural part of Arizona and spent my lifetime in the outdoors a lot, I really enjoyed real estate and, and uh, spent a lot of time working in real estate until all around 2007, 2008, the real estate market crashed and, and it crashed really hard. And yeah, I, I think myself, we all remember that one. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough, very lonely, very tough time. And, uh, you know, I had, I had uh, some time and experience with riding and training mules. I, I had a small uh, ranch in uh, Humboldt, Arizona, uh, where we raised our kids. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, nobody's building homes. No one's buying homes. No one's buying real estate. Um, I have all this experience. And actually, as an appraiser, I did appraise a lot of agriculture properties, including cattle ranches. And so I had a pretty good understanding of um, agriculture and how cattle ranches worked from the aspect of value and, and the numbers side of the business. And uh, I had a, a really good friend who owned a restaurant up in uh, the Prescott area. And while we were fishing one day, he said, well, my restaurant is, is busier than it's ever been because people will always need to eat. And, and, I, and I had a little bit of an epiphany at that point and started thinking about developing ranches and uh, regenerative agriculture, buying ranches that were run down, fixing them up. And then that led to the, the cattle business uh, because you got to have cattle if you're going to run a cattle ranch. 
And then, and then I start thinking about the aspect of feeding people and creating a healthy product for the market. We broke into the grass-fed beef business. It's a great supplement and a great way to help finance uh, your, your cattle ranching business. And it's a market that's really interesting to the consumer, whether that's nationally or here in Arizona, is grass-fed beef. So that's been your angle and, but you're kind of, you know, you're in the retail market. You're serving restaurants. How are you keeping us so well supplied? Well, you know, we have several cattle ranches ourselves now. Uh, we also purchase uh, cattle from quite a few partner ranchers, including four different Indian tribes here in Arizona. All of our cattle are Arizona born and raised. Uh, they're grass-fed, grass-finished. Uh, they, 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 they never they never see a feedlot. They come right off of the open range. They're just great, great cattle. It's a, it's a very healthy beef. It's I think the big thing, Julie, is people just really want to know where their food is coming from. So the next the next step was to um, develop a a uh, processing plant. Uh, there are very few processing plants in Arizona. Ours happens to be a USDA inspected processing plant. All of our cattle that come off of our ranches and, and from our partner ranchers uh, come to our processing plant. So we're a, a fully integrated ranch-to-table company. We know right where those cattle came from. They're all third-party verified through the American Grass-Fed Beef Association. Producer ranchers have to meet certain standards for us to purchase these cattle. They sign affidavits, and, and they're audited by one of our veterinarians to make sure that we're we're telling our story correctly and truly. And having this processing plant gives us the unique ability to to grade the beef ourselves, uh, process it under very humane uh, handling, you know, instructions that the USDA oversees very closely. Uh, you know, there are butchers. It's our butcher shop. We grind the beef. We package the beef. and um, And then it's picked up by... Actually, almost every distributor uh, in Arizona carries uh, carries our beef to many, many different restaurants throughout the state. So if I want your beef, how do I get it? You know, the best way to get our beef is actually online. More and more of our sales are going to um, the Internet, online. Uh, natural grocers in Arizona carries our beef. Uh, but our, our website is, is www.az grassraisedbeef.com between that website and the distributors that distribute our beef to restaurants that's that's um, how, how most people are hearing of and uh, experiencing our product three key things that I think are making it valuable for your beef is that you have a third party verifier for all your certifications you're partnered with other ranchers that are working to meet that same standard and the fact that you have your own processing plant because in all reality prior to you working toward that effort we didn't really have enough processing plants and I think you told me you have an, a USDA inspector there every day or every day you guys are processing correct which is the requirement regardless but it's nice to know that in your situation, because you guys are smaller, even though you're partnering with other ranchers, that's pretty cool. Yeah, most of your larger, well, most every restaurant re and retailer distributor 
uh, wants the beef to be USDA inspected. So we believe that's a real important part of the of the process. It, I think it gives us a lot of credibility, and we're actually able to ship out of the state across state lines because of that that USDA certification. And now, what's the name on the packaging? If I'm at Natural Grocers and I'm looking, what what name am I looking for? Uh, Arizona grass raised beef. That's the name on the meat packaging. Arizona grass yep. raised beef. And what's the breed, or is it a variety? Since there's a partnering situation here with more yeah. than one rancher. Yeah, it's it's a it's a variety. Um, the the breed isn't as important as the quality of the cattle. Uh, we we do we do use a lot of Black Angus and Red Angus uh, cattle. Um, some some uh, Hereford uh, and some Cross, but the majority the majority of the cattle are, are Black Angus. But really, it's the it's the quality of the carcass and the quality of the cattle that we're we're looking at in, in the grass fed. Okay, so I have to ask that that one uh, very um, you know for me as a consumer, and that's what's so cool about America. We have all these choices. I must confess, I like my beef finished with corn for the marbling and the. And it does sure. tenderize it, but that's not the case with your steak. I have had your steak, and it's just as tender. What's your secret sauce? <laughs> well, we, we we have we have caught a few different secrets. I've I've spent close to nine years now, um, you know, working on perfecting and trying to trying to make grass fed beef as palatable as possible. Um, we we kill animals that are that are very fat. They 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 have a lot of fat on them. Uh, they have a little chronological age on them, so they actually have time to grow that intermuscular fat, which is where you get the marbling and the flavor. And I think one of the greatest things we do is we we have a great dry aging program. Uh, we have a special cooler at our plant that's set up with uh, humidity controls, airflow controls, temperature controls. And uh, we we dry age um, all of our all of our steaks, all of our middle meats, which we turn into steaks. That makes a big difference in the tenderness. And you're making me hungry too. And I I do think that <laughs> those are key elements, the aging process, and that you're allowing your beef to mature. In other words, they're they're on the rangeland for a longer period of time than maybe, you know, the average time for a. Uh, beef that's har- yeah, harvested yeah. at 24 so months. Yours is yours are older. It sounds like. Yeah, they're averaging four, four to six years old in age. They're they're what the industry calls breaker cattle. They're very very fat cattle, and uh, it takes about 30 to 35 percent longer for um, a cow to get that 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 uh, marbling uh, in their in their muscle. Uh, when they're just fed a, a straight diet of range grass, uh, and and that's that's uh, that's part of the secret. Yes, and so we have some more questions for you, Tim. But for mm-hmm. listeners, just know ArizonaGrassRaisedBeef.com is where you can go, and it sounds like it's smart to order it online. And Rumi, I think you did for your wife. AZGrassFedBeef.com. Yes. It's very hard to find the right. tri-tip right. cut. Right. Oh, very good. AZGrassRaisedBeef.com. It's very hard to find the tri-tip cut in the local uh, shopping 
uh, grocery stores. But on his website, I found tri-tip, and that's Amanda's favorite cut. So we ordered it. Yay. So we'll be back uh, talking about beef and fruitcakes. In our Farm Fresh Hour that we have the first Saturday of every month, we're talking with Mr. Peterson of Arizona Grass-Raised Beef. We're also talking fruitcakes because it is National Fruitcake Month. I'll have to say on fillyourplate.org, I did not see a fruitcake recipe. You are correct. (laughs) Um, My farmers and ranchers have not served up, I use the pun intentionally, have not served up to me a recipe on fruitcake. However... If you go to our blog on fillyourplate.org and pop in fruitcake, up will come three fun articles about some wildly interesting facts. You know, sometimes in the holidays, even though everybody talks about fruitcakes, we always know it's coming around, but generally it's only in a disparaging tone. But there are some very good fruitcakes. And in fact, if you just Google fruitcakes in Arizona, where they list some of the top bread companies here in Arizona that are known for their fruitcakes. So if somebody wants to see where they can find, just go and Google Arizona and fruitcake. Remnants of the fruitcake recipes date back as far as the Romans. Yes, so they've been around forever, and they last forever. (laughs) Which I didn't realize why they last forever. It's because so much of it is um, the the alcohol content that all the fruits and nuts are soaked in before cooking. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what made them last so long. And uh, you're... Wine growers will tell you a fruitcake is like a fine wine. It just improves with age. I'll take their word for it. (laughs) We might mention to all the listeners today that they should uh, send us a fruitcake recipe if they have a really good one, (laughs) especially if there's a family story behind it. Tim, it doesn't sound like you guys have a family fruitcake recipe that you can send to our fillyourplate.org website. We don't. I've asked my wife, and she's, she's still searching. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, we might. But don't you think between some of your beef, uh, some of the select cuts, and uh, you guys even produce a bone broth, I think between that and then fruitcake for dessert, dessert, we'd be in really good shape. That'd be a wonderful meal. <laughs> yes. I'll take the prime rib recipe for sure. Yes. And we do prime have a rib. We do have prime rib recipes and some prime rib rubs on Fill Your Plate. So tell us some more about your bone broth and why you guys went in that direction. Yeah, okay. Well, um, you know, there's a, there's a word in, in the, the business world, especially in, in the, the agriculture world, called sustainability. I mean, sustainability is a big word. Everybody's, everybody wants to have a sustainable a business and and, and at Arizona Grass Raised Beef, you know, we believe in, in full carcass utilization. Um, you, you, we really believe that we need to utilize everything that we can uh, from that animal that, that gave its life uh, to feed us. So um, my, my business partner and I have always been, uh, we're always looking at different ways and different things we can use. And the bones, we threw the bones away for the first eight months we were in business and then discovered that. Uh, people are crazy about nutrient-dense uh, bone broth. So we harvest all of the, the bones uh, at, our, at our USDA processing plant. We, we freeze them, and we ship them over to Camp Verde, Arizona, where we have a, a USDA-inspected commercial kitchen, and uh, we make this wonderful nutrient-dense uh, bone broth. 
I also oh. understand people that are recovering from some illnesses, maybe even the everyday common cold, but they swear by drinking a bone broth on a regular basis. Sure. That, that's what great grandma did in the kitchen. Nothing went to waste on, on the animal. Um, it's very nutrient dense. Uh, some doctors have told us that our bodies have forgotten how to absorb the nutrition that's in bone broth. And then, and then those bones are cleaned and we actually turn them into bone meal and sell the bone meal. So not, nothing goes to waste. Uh, they're setting up bone broth bars. Uh, we ship our bone broth as far as New York City, Chicago, San Francisco. Uh, restaurants buy it. And uh, I know I know some athletes that run triathlons and, and these, these Ironman races that drink a quart of our bone broth every day. So we're all looking at our, our, each other quizzically about the bone broth bar. Am I going to get drunk there or am I just going to get healthy? <laughs> Well, I think I think you'll get healthy. Good. You know, they they add they add uh, they have a Tabasco, different flavors of Tabasco. You can add to the bone broth some uh, some sea salt, uh, pepper, cream, and people go up to the bar and they they get a gla- a cup of uh, bone broth. I, I even know of a restaurant in Sedona that sells our bone broth by the shot. So, wow. so a, by the shot, people, people love it. It's and it's really good for you. And is that healthy. is that a holiday shot? You know, like Grandpa's eggnog that might be spiked with a little something. <laughs> that's up to you. That's, that's completely up to you. <laughs> I've never tried it that way, but it might be good. <laughs> well, knowing your own product and tasting it on a regular basis, have you become a convert? I mean, are you? Do you regularly sample or have your bone broth just yeah. because of the health benefits of it? Yeah, yeah, because of the health benefits. But I, you know, I sample it because I want to make sure that the the quality is going out. It's very gelatinous. It's 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 actually very uh, uh, very high in collagen. Uh, collagen is one of the one of the one of the fastest growing food supplements out there. A lot of people are taking collagen for for their joints, and bone broth is loaded with collagen. So there, there's a lot of benefits to it. So we're going to ask you some of your other product lines mm-hmm. in the next segment, but keep us. Uh focused on that because I'm very interested in some of the things you're doing. And you can go to azfb.org, fuelyourplate.org for recipes. Uh, It'll help you also. It's got great tools on there to connect you no matter where in the state of Arizona you are with local farmers and ranchers in your area. More with Julie Murphy, the Arizona Farm Bureau, after this. Continuing our Farm Fresh Hour here with Julie Murphy. Some more interesting things about fruitcake, our Farm Fresh commodity that's in our home maintenance calendar. It can tell your fortune. That's one of the reasons why I love the (laughs) fruitcake. Again, if people go to the Fill Your Plate blog, they'll find three different articles, and there's some fascinating facts about it. And the only thing that we're still missing, and so if any of our farmers and ranchers listening want to send us their favorite fruit cake recipe, please do, because we need it for Fill Your Plate. One of the things in those articles that you'll find at fillyourplate.org is uh, there's an old folklore that if a, fe- a single female, after leaving a wedding, 
will put a piece of fruitcake under her pillow. That night she'll dream about her who her future husband is. <laughs> yeah, that one I kind of chuckled about. Maybe that's my problem. I haven't put any <laughs> fruitcake under my pillow. Um, the other thing, too, that I like to promote about fruitcake is a lot of the fruit right here that's grown in Arizona you can use for your fruitcake. It was also used as a lucky charm by nut growers who would make a fruitcake but would save it to the next harvest before they would eat it as a good luck charm for the next harvest you know there's a lot more interesting facts that we'll get to or maybe we won't because beef is a lot more interesting to me the conversation but did you see this event in manitou springs colorado the perfect thing to do with a fruitcake in january every year there's the manitou springs fruitcake toss competition (laughs) that's for all ages but the different classifications is the hand toss for distance an award for accuracy for speed and then there's a You've, have you seen those water balloons that take two people to hold and the one person, you know, it pulls back in the middle of this big slingshot. They've even got a, a rubber slingshot <laughs> for, <laughs> the for the fruitcake. <laughs> I've also read that a lot of uh, long distance runners and hikers and, you know, sports enthusiasts like leftover fruitcake as a snack, a protein bar, because... Again, packed with calories. Yeah, packed with calories, and it just is an energy boost. So sometimes our sports enthusiasts <laughs> will pack those in there. It sure beats goop. Yeah. Goop, goop is this runner's uh, paste, and I, I used it quite a bit when I was running the havers and uh, half marathons and all that. Oh, gosh. But you know what? It worked. Well, let's talk about something that's enjoyable to eat, like beef. And we've got Arizona Grass-Fed Beef Company on the line with us, Mr. Tim Peterson. And looking at your website, you have farmer's market bundles that have multiple different products, but you can also buy them individually. So what we're curious about, Tim, is the variety of your product lines because you've wanted to make sure you maximize the use of the whole carcass when you harvest. Well, of course, we we have all of the most of the cuts available. Um, we, we make four different uh, flavors of uh, beef sausage, uh, chorizo, taco, Italian, and breakfast. Uh, so the, the ground beef gets utilized more and more. Of course, the bones go to our bone broth kitchen uh, in Camp Verde. We harvest as much of the fat as we possibly can, and we make uh, another product with a partner another partner out of Colorado, um, and it's called tallow. It's shortening. It's grass-fed, grass-finished shortening, and it comes in a jar, so the fat doesn't go to waste. Um, We sell kidney, uh, heart, uh, liver. We we actually utilize the spleen in some of our raw pet food products, which we really haven't launched or had the time to really start selling. We've sold it in, in a very limited fashion. Uh, the oxtail goes into the into the bone broth. The bones, after they're made into bone broth, they get turned into bone meal. We have a hammer mill that turns the bones into um, bone meal. There's still a lot of nutrition left in the bone meal. And then we actually just uh, met with some, some partners uh, that are going to be buying the blood, and we're going to be shipping the blood out of the country for uh, medical research. Well, what about the hide? <laughs> well, you know, the sad thing is there's not really much money in hides anymore. We're, we have so many synthetic leathers out there, naga hides, synthetic leathers. We used to actually sell the hides 
but there's not a market for it in Arizona anymore. Do you have, like, gift packages? Is there a place when we go to the website, that, especially because we're in the holidays, or we just simply do what Romy did and ordered tri-tip for your wife? Yeah, I don't think there's any special gift packages. Um, one, of, one of our newest newest uh, deals on the Internet is a subscription-based uh, format where, where you can pay a subscription. This is becoming very popular, by the way. And a box of beef shows up at your doorstep every week. And, um, and then, of course, you can choose from all these different items like tri-tip and brisket and short ribs. And more and more people are shopping for their food via the Internet because they, they really, truly want to know where their food is coming from. And the Internet's a great, a great place to do that. It makes me think of the CSAs for the more produce-focused farms where you just you have a subscription and every week you get a basket full of produce that's in season that it can either be delivered to your door or picked up at drop-off locations. It sounds similar to that. Yeah, it's shipped every week, frozen but it's, you know, our beef is, is made fresh every week. I mean, we, we take just enough cattle into our plant uh, that we're going to process that week. And, uh, of course, we, we, we have to ship this, this product frozen. We do try to um, give the customer as many uh, choices and different products. So, like I said, you could buy kidneys, liver, uh, heart, oxtail, short ribs. We want to use utilize every, every bit of that carcass that we can. So... Variety is a, is a focus in the marketing here. Yes. Well, much. and it sounds like there's hides available. So I'm going to bring back the, the demand for le- for natural leather products and furniture. And you know what we use uh, cattle hide for at our house is, is area rugs. Yes. My parents do the same thing in their house. You're welcome to come to the plant anytime you want, pick up some hides. So just let me know how many you'd like to have. You got it. <laughs> how many acres? of land do you need for uh, a, a cattle in Arizona, grass-fed cattle? So uh, personally, our ranching operation consists of about 250,000 acres, and um, that's wide open range land. Uh, we're, we're looking to acquire a few more ranches. Uh, we, we buy a lot of cattle from four different Native American tribes, uh, the Navajo Nation is 22 million acres. It's a very large, a very large tract of land. They they raise some great cattle up there. Uh, we work very closely with their demonstration ranch up up on that uh, up on that community. But but we tell people that our beef is better than organic because it it, um, it comes right off of you know wide open millions of acres of rangeland. Um, I would say one time I sat down and added up the partner ranches and our ranches, and uh, we could easily say that our cattle come off of close to 8 to 10 million acres of Arizona range land. Wow. And what are they eating? I mean, a lot of times when you're um, – I've been in the desert. I've seen cows eat cactus and prickly pear. Is that still Mm -hmm. considered under the grass fed or (laughs) – what what if they took yeah, a there, bite of juniper there, tree? <laughs> well, there's no grain in there's no grain in the cactus. Uh, you know, desert ranches grow um, um, winter fillery and they grow summer fillery. Fillery is a is a is a is a natural grass that grows in the desert, and um, it's very high in protein. Um, 
at different parts of the year, our cattle will come off of more southern Arizona ranches as opposed to northern Arizona ranches because there's more grass growing in, in the southern part of the state. But uh, cacti- uh, cac- uh, cattle will eat cactus. They, they typically eat cactus when they don't have anything left as a as a resort. So if there's no no grass, they'll they'll bite into a cactus. But but um, uh, you know we. We know they come off a wild range, and, and mostly all, all they're eating is grass. And what's so neat is the conversion capacity of a beef animal. And we don't think about it. There's a lot of acres out there, especially here in Arizona, that you can't convert to anything else in agriculture. I mean, it, it has to be rangeland. And here we're maximizing the use it's been proven, study after study, maximizing the use of some of these, especially public lands, to raise some really quality beef. Uh, Arizona beef, you know, throughout the state, from a lot of our ranchers, we have great beef and we have great, there's great credit to our ranchers on the quality of beef that we raise out here in Arizona. Very true. People would be amazed at how much grass grows in the in the high desert, in the Sonoran Desert, it's it's really amazing how much grass grows. It, it's got a rain. Obviously, our our business is is predicated on rain. All the rain we've been having here is great because uh, we we like grass fat cattle. That's that's what makes our business tick. Now, and preparing for this broadcast, I noticed on your website you're members of the Arizona, uh, excuse me, American Grass Fed Association, and I downloaded their ruminant standards and it's i mean this is pretty intense uh what what's the benefit of having something grass-fed versus something that you'd mentioned you know there's no grain in uh cactus so what's the downside of (laughs) cattle eating uh grain or oats or wheat barley you know one of the things that you can buy at at any feed store for cattle is cob and cob is just an acronym for corn oats and barley and you can get it dry or you can get it wet and if it's wet it's got molasses flavored all over uh sprinkled all or mixed in with it sure well uh gra- grass-fed beef you know cattle are ruminant animals they're they were designed to eat grass i don't i don't talk negative about a- anything that that goes on as far as feeding cattle there, there's plenty of people that love grain-fed beef um, a lot of studies have shown that grass-fed beef is a little healthier for us. Um, it's, it's um, you know, it's, boy, it's, it's high in, in fatty acids, the omega-3 fatty acids. It's, it's a different fat. The fat is a yellow fat. It's loaded with carotene. Um, you know, the, the, the CLAs are, are, are much higher. The nutrients, um, people... You know, people have to make their own decisions on where they want their cattle to come from. Our, our cattle don't have growth hormones. They and, and growth hormone growth hormones are are typically used to promote you know uh, growth a little faster in a feedlot situation. Uh, they're in and out of the body pretty quick, but some people have opinions about that. Our cattle uh, are antibiotic free. We we do a lot of antibiotic testing. In our plant, having a plant gives us the ability to, to test for all that. And um, so I encourage people to just get on, get on the Internet and do some research. 
I think the big thing, Rosie, is people just really want to know where their food is coming from. That, that, that seems to be the story. You know, our, our ranches, our our slaughter plant, the completely integrated system. They just they know where that where that beef is coming from. We know what ranch it's coming from, and and, and there are plenty of studies out there that 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 support uh, grass fed beef. It, it's growing at a rate of about thirty percent a year. It's the way everybody ate beef prior to feedlots coming online. The neat, uh, but, I, but I really don't. Go ahead, Julie. The neat thing is that we have an option in the market like that, and we're going to ask you a little bit more next segment about some things related to beef. Final Farm Fresh segment. We're talking with Mr. Tim Peterson of the Arizona Grass Raised Beef Company. Tim, you've said multiple times that it's people want to know where their food came from. In 1964, March edition, Arizona Highways talked about a deodorant that was sprayed by helicopter over the stockyards in Phoenix to mask the aroma because uh, it was hurting the tourism and it wasn't far from the airport. Don't, don't know anything about that. And that. That's the great thing about being a first-generation rancher, right? I only know grass-fed beef. I started out in the business as a rancher and started out as a grass-fed beef guy, and that's, that's, that's as, far as, as far as my knowledge carries me. You know, and speaking of our beef and being able to access uh, kind of like your include, you know, some people are connoisseurs of a particular beef breed. I think of the Tomerlins, and they, they have that Spanish breed, which is a heritage breed. They It's called Criollo. So literally fill your plate. If you go to find a product and you select beef, up will pop anywhere from 20 to 25 beef producers. So you can kind of do a little research on fill your plate and kind of select. And if uh, in Tim's case, for that customer base that they want that grass-fed beef this is one of the options that they have and that's what makes uh, it's neat that we have this diversity in the market that we can make have these kind of options as a consumer you bet so kind of just giving props to that option on fill your plate Mm -hmm. and and then it's a good 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 it's an excellent resource for sure thank you Uh, the other thing i wanted to mention tim is about a couple weeks about ago you were live on our instagram live every friday we do a talk to a farmer or rancher friday on instagram live just to again give our arizona families the opportunity to connect with our farmers and ranchers kind of like we do today and we're doing here on rosie on the house is you know caller people have an opportunity to call in ask questions you can listen to learn about our farmers and ranchers and we're looking at every option and every way we possibly possibly can at Arizona Farm Bureau on how to connect with the farmers and ranchers here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It it makes uh, it to me it's a key opportunity for us today because of all the technologies and I can't say enough about Rosie on the house because you connect us with you know the the locals and really make me feel like Arizona is home. So um, we really appreciate being able to do this with Rosie on the house. But Tim, how do you try to connect with your customers, consumers? Do you ever have Q and A's? What are some of the opportunities and how you're connecting with your customers? Yeah. A lot lot of our uh, chefs and restaurant owners 
Um, and, and, and frankly, just about anybody who, who wants to come up and take a tour of the plant, um, we make that available. We have lots of tours. Uh, we have one ranch that we've set up uh, to take uh, chefs and, and restaurant owners and uh, you know different customers out on the ranch. We've had them bring uh, drones out and film our cowboys, uh, you know, pushing the cattle around and doing uh, gatherings. Um, <clears throat> I try to make myself available to the different tribes. I've, I've done a lot of seminars with the different tribes on uh, through their demonstration ranch and, uh, you know, just trying to help them to maximize the dollars they get for their cattle and what kind of cattle we're looking for. Uh, but we're we're a small we're a small local owned company, uh, and and we we try to make ourselves available as much as possible for for any tours or or comments. And at the processing plant, do y'all have like a butcher butcher shop out front that somebody could walk in? No, you know we're we're so busy up there processing, uh, we we just don't have the time to sell out of the plant and. Um, uh, it's just, uh, but but people do come in and do tours, uh, not really so much on on days that we're we're slaughtering cattle, uh, but but uh, you know we we give tours of our of our butcher shop where we're processing and cutting steaks and making ground beef. People really like that. I I've taken a lot of FFA groups through the plant out of Casa Grande and Chino Valley and in different areas of the state. And Tim has always and is always making himself available to Farm Bureau in his leadership role. Just like today, it's so great to know all the things you're doing with Farm Bureau and your leadership. And I do have to give props to our feedlot system today uh, because we couldn't feed. We have just high-rated, high, highly regulated feedlot systems. And um, without them, we wouldn't be able to have the wonderful array of beef products that we have in just about every grocery that you walk into. I want to make that note and then um, highlight the fact that Arizona beef is quality beef, and you can definitely find it on Tim, Tim's website with his business. azgrassraisedbeef.com is the website, and there's cooking tips on there. It's a little leaner, uh, a little less fat, so there's a, a few different cooking techniques that you'll have to take in mind, uh, and he's got them all listed on his website along with a great shop. Um, uh, to, to whether you're looking for tri-tip or any of the four sausages or you're looking for the prime rib, whatever the case may be, they've got a nice locally raised uh, cut of beef there for you. azgrassfedbeef.com and then, of course, fillyourplate.org fillyourplate for a list of farmers and ranchers and recipes. And then azfb.org, you can sign up to become an affiliate member, 60 bucks a year. Yep. Support Arizona Farm Bureau. Thank you so much, Romy.